1: everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of FanRag Sports Premier League Podcast. I'm Sebastian Norin. With me is Pauly Cristel. Elliot is still in the Costa Rican jungle somewhere, forging for food. We didn't give him a lot of time food. to get back, though. No, we didn't. We didn't. Uh, he's foraging for food. He's hunting monkeys. I don't know what he's doing, but he's... Uh, hopefully, he's having a good old time in the Costa Rican jungles.
2: Um, I I'm mean, not- we we should all like... 48 hours to get back.
1: Yeah. So, I don't even have much,
2: much more to say. I just, it just managed uh, a matter of convenience for our schedules here.
1: Yeah. I mean, Costa Rican jungle. Uh, let's see here.
2: It's not very well wired for Wi Fi.
1: No, I would assume not.
2: I don't think they get files out there.
1: No. Uh, let's see. They have some jungle resorts in Costa Rica. Looks nice mangrove excursions mm, he might do something like that i don't know he's out in the rainforest in costa rica anyway but we'll talk about uh the premier league of course and uh, we'll take a little look ahead here at match day 22 as usual we're going to give our predictions at towards the end of the show first we're going to talk about some news and preview a handful of the games coming up here over the weekend and first out Kicking things off on Saturday morning, seven thirty a.m. Eastern time is Liverpool taking on bottom of the table Swansea at Anfield. So this should be a walk in the park for Liverpool. Will it be though?
2: I was waiting for the butt. Like I don't. I don't see how it's not.
1: Yeah. No. I mean, it's uh, sure they struggle to get. Past Plymouth in the FA Cup, they won one and nothing here today after a goal by Lucas. Um, they did field a little bit of a stronger side than they did in their first meeting.
2: Well, they had to, because they had to get they had to get the win.
1: Yeah, let's see. In starting eleven, they had let's see notable names: Dar- Daniel Sturridge and Philippe Coutinho.
2: Yeah, I mean, like here's the thing. You look back to the United game last week, uh, where after the game, Jose Mourinho said, I thought both teams could have played better. You know, both teams have played better Mm -hmm. this season, which is kind of a ridiculous statement. Like, obviously, uh, United are going to look really good when they play Reading or... like a uh, name, you know, Hull or somebody else mm-hmm. than they are when they play against a good team. Even in a game, even if, had they won that game two 0, like, you know, they would look better against Reading than they would against Liverpool. That's just, that's the way sports works, but he wasn't wrong. Both teams didn't play at their best and Liverpool could have been better. United could have been better. If Liverpool play half as well as they did against United against Swansea, they win that game five nil. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Liverpool coming into this game with two straight draws in the league, two-two draw against Sunderland, and then, as you mentioned, they got a one-one draw against Manchester United.
2: Because I mean, I watch, watching that game, the Liverpool United game, and watching the way every every time a United player got the ball, there were three Liverpool players on him right away, and everything, and they just had no time on the ball. And I said, and I was just like, it's tough for us to play against them. And we have talented players. You know, Michael Carrick is fantastic midfielder. They took him right out of the game. Mm-hmm. Paul Pogba had one of his worst games in the United shirt. Um, Ander Herrera has been the linchpin of the season. Anthony Martial is a great player. Henrik fanta- like is almost world-class. And we were struggling against Liverpool. And I just kept sitting there going, how does anybody play against Liverpool? Let alone, you know, teams with less talented players than us. And I had to keep reminding myself of being like, well, remember, it's a rivalry game. You know, they're fired up for this one. They're going to come out and play much harder. But still, at the same time, if Liverpool can play like that every week, they should be winning every game. It's just that the way they press you and give you no time on the ball, it doesn't make sense how they're not so much better.
1: Yeah. I mean, if anything, I think it was a more, uh, you know, eye-opening result when they only got 2-2 against Sunderland
2: right and I just kept I kept sitting there going hey Sunderland got 2-2 why did Sunderland get 2-2 because they got two penalties like if you if you attack Liverpool's defense in the box uh like a mistake should happen especially because they were without uh Joao Matip who they might be without again for ridiculous reasons um like, Liverpool's defense, and this has been Liverpool's Achilles heel all season, has been their defense. So if you keep attacking them, that defense should wilt eventually and either make a mistake or, or give you a penalty or something. And it just it didn't happen, and it, it, it boggles the mind, and it didn't happen against Manchester City either. And it, it boggles the mind of, like, what's missing in this team that they can't get that consistently.
1: Yeah. hmm yeah, Swansea like, sitting. I bottom. mean, you're looking
2: at Swansea right now. Like, can Swansea, can Swansea put that kind of pressure on, on Liverpool's defense at Anfield?
1: Highly doubt that they can.
2: Swansea, the team that you know conceded four goals to Crystal Palace.
1: Yeah. No, they. I mean, it should be a cakewalk. But it will be interesting to see, nonetheless. Because, I mean, you would assume they would basically park the bus and hope to get a point.
2: Yeah, but, I mean, well, yeah. And and it'll be that classic. This is, uh, I mean, it's the 7.30. How did, they, I mean, <laughs> Sky, like, how did Sky look at this game and be like, you know, that's the one we want to show. That's the one we want to show nationally to the country of England uh, on Saturday. Now, granted, uh... Let me just let me pull up the ten o'clock matches. Um, let me see if we got anything better here.
1: Stoke United.
2: I was that was the one I was thinking of, but I'll, I'll give you my reason why you don't want that one. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess. I guess it's more of a, it's it's a situation of like you got City and Tottenham playing it playing, so obviously that one's going to get selected, and that mm. knocks off two of your top six. Uh, Sunday, you get Arsenal and Chelsea. And that knocks off four of the six. And uh, it's either Liverpool, Swansea, or uh, United and and Stoke. And I guess the answer is Liverpool at home, so they're going to score goals. Stoke are going to pack it in against United also. And mm-hmm. it's at Stoke. So that, like, you know, maybe Manchester United showed their class in that game and went 4-0. Or, you know, it could easily go nil-nil. I guess you're more likely to see... Liverpool put on a show than United in Stoke. But you could also, you could, uh, Everton kind of suck away from home. Uh, This would have been a good opportunity to like just throw Bournemouth Watford in there. Like let them both knock out a TV game out of there.
1: Yeah.
2: And put them, I mean, yeah, it's, yes, Swansea are going to park the bus, but this is, this is what I, you know, when I used to say those those 10 a.m., uh, the 10 a.m., so 3 p.m. In, in England, home matches where, you know, uh, you know, a United or a Liverpool or an Arsenal are playing like a a bottom of the 14th, 15th place team at 10 o'clock. That team comes in and their goal is let's just sit back. Maybe we'll score one on a set piece. And, you know, it takes a half hour for them to find their breakthrough, but they find their breakthrough – you know, with 75 minutes left, it's 3-0, and then a substitute comes on and scores, and it's 4-0. Yeah. yeah boom, there. Yeah. I'll, I'll. Spoiler alert, that's going to be my pick.
1: Okay, there we go. Then, uh, we sort of touched upon it a little bit, Stoke, Manchester United. How do you think? Like, what lessons did Mourinho take from the game against Liverpool? <laughs> if any.
2: Lessons. Bro, you know what he probably took? Um, Fellaini, like, can make an impact, oh and God. Fellaini might play in this game. That's probably the the man will look for any excuse to throw Fellaini on the field. It's absurd that Fellaini is like
1: on the team. I mean, yes. I guess
2: he he plays with three central midfielders, so I guess Fellaini is fourth choice. And at, at the beginning of the season, he was well. Even that second is
1: choice. even that is scary though.
2: Right. No, that is scary. The fact of the matter that we had to sell Morgan Schneiderwin and Bastion Schweinsteiger can't find a game where Fellaini gets in there at any at any chance that he can is is just it's such a joke. Yeah. It's such a joke. I mean say what you want about Schneiderwin, like and how he's fallen off a bit, but never really we we said it, never given the chance, the proper chance to succeed. Bastion Schweinsteiger's a World Cup winner. And he can't get a game. Marwan Fellaini is the guy who doesn't really have a position. Um, the manager, a new manager, came into Everton and was like, "Happy to see him go at a club that sells no one." Fellaini, the manager was like, "No, we got to get rid of this guy." Plays for a national team that is routinely ranked first in the world and loses. Yep. Whenever yeah. they're challenged,
1: yeah, no, it's not. It's scary that he's even on the team, really. But we've uh, we've done our fair share of Fellaini bashing on this podcast. So uh,
2: you know, I was listening to a podcast today, and they described Fellaini in the most perfect way ever. They they just said he's a grenade that's going to go off in the box, and he proved that against Liverpool because it was his chaos that led to United's goal. Yeah. Um He's a grenade. He's going to go off in the box. He's going to create chaos in the box. You just don't know which box it's going to be.
1: Stoke coming off back-to-back wins over Watford and Sunderland, Uh, two teams that are not in very good form. Prior to that, though, they suffered a 4-1 defeat against Liverpool and a 4-2 defeat against Chelsea. So they've had some trouble playing against the better sides. And I know they sit in ninth place. I know they're at home, but... I mean,
2: they're Stoke. They're Stoke. Yeah. They're exactly what they've been for the last how many years? Since they they kind of joined the Premier League. Now, they play differently than they used to, but, you know, Stoke have always been that team that are somewhere between seventh and 11th. They're very difficult to play. Uh... They're very difficult to play at the Britannia. A little bit easier to play if you're at home. Uh, they did draw 1-1 at Old Trafford, but that was during the time of, you know, everybody drew 1-1 at Old Trafford. Yeah. Who scored in that game? Martial. Oh, Martial scored that exact same goal and then... That he always scored. That he scored the year before against Stoke, and then Joe Allen equals. Oh, Memphis Depay played in that game. Memphis Depay getting sold today.
1: Mm-hmm. Memphis Depay um, going to Lyon. And... In an
2: unbelievable like, this is like a Daniel Levy esque transfer for United. In what way? United got a great deal on this. Mm. Uh, so all I've all I've heard is that. Uh, It can be worth up to twenty one point seven million. I guess that's incentives, and it's not Mm -hmm. worth nearly that much. But at the same time, like, you know, what's Memphis Depay? Like, you know, who's paying anything for Memphis Depay? The guy's done nothing in the last year and a half. Yeah. You're never going to sell him for anything. Plus, it's United. There's, you know, premiums and all that stuff, and and they're trying to sell the player. Value goes down. Whatever. United got a buyback option on him, so I assume that's a set price. Yes. So right there, like maybe the buyback option is twenty one million. Who who knows? Like, at least it's not eight. At least it's not eighty nine million after losing a player for six hundred thousand. Yeah. So they have a buyback option and they have a sell on clause. So, like for a player that can't buy time on the field, that's a pretty good deal.
1: Yeah. Uh, some of the incentives were if Lyon qualifies for the Champions League and if he signs a new contract. Oh, that's what it is. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, well, at least those are like attainable. Those are attainable um, incentives. Mm-hmm. You know, like we, like I'm pretty confident that we will never have to pay Monaco that money for Anthony Martial winning the Ballon d'Or.
1: Yeah. I mean. I wouldn't mind if they had to, because that would have mean that he would be amazing. So
2: right, no, I wouldn't mind either. And and I remember last last season when I, when when the deal happened, you know every and Martial went on a tear when he first got inserted in the starting lineup. And my go to tweet was the fifty six million pound steal. Yeah. Um, and then, but I also was very vocal about you know my ideal situation is Martial just perennially becomes that guy who finishes third in the bound or voting behind Messi and Ronaldo. Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, We should say also, I
2: I would totally accept that by the way. And, and we're about to pay like a hundred million for the guy who will routinely finish third for the next three years. (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, We should say that Manchester United are back at the top of Deloitte football money league. For the first time in eleven years, world's richest club, um, recording the highest annual revenue for a football club right. in history. I don't, you know what though? That's like one.
2: That's one t- person's list. Like you know, like Forbes ranks us as like number one some years and, so, and Like then Real Madrid, sometimes it's like profitable. It's this. It's that. It's everybody has a different metric by which they they rank it. And like sometimes United finish first. Sometimes it's Real Madrid. They're up there. Like, yeah. and they're not going away from there.
1: No. They're good at making and money. You know what? They were still up all kind They were of still ranked, like, things. around
2: there the year that they didn't even make the Champions League. So.
1: Yeah. Well, well, I mean, we've spoken about this before, though. Ed Woodward has been really good at bringing in money for the club. There's an official everything. They probably yes. have an official toothpaste brand by this point.
2: Yes. He's fantastic at that. Stop being in charge of freaking players. Yes. Although I will say, you know, the four guys that they signed this year, none of them
1: are bad. No, but I could do that.
2: Right. Yes. A- again, yeah. Like, it's like when he took over and it was like, we want Tony Cruz and Gareth Bale. And it's like, yes, so does everybody.
1: Yeah. So, um, yeah. he's and,
2: li- and again, like, again, the guy would spend $7 for a 20 ounce Coke. Yeah. That's but true. again, like, but I say this every summer. When people try to get up on me about it. Not my money. No. Not my money. And guess what? Ed Woodward, he's not spending his money either.
1: Nope, that he is not. Uh, we should say that, you know, there's been continuous talk about Antoine Griezmann. And there is
2: something to say about this. There yes. is something to say about this. You know, like, look at the Dallas Cowboys. Like, Jerry Jones, it's his money and he's willing to spend all of it. But he's the one calling the shots. Mm-hmm. And you can get mad at him or the Yankees, you know, like, like Steinbrenner. Like you can get mad at him because he doesn't really know what he's talking about. Like kudos to the Glazers who I know nobody, you know, no, no one's ever going to give them an a hundred percent approval rating, but kudos to the Glazers for saying like, you know, like, Hey, you're in charge. And like, yeah, spend the money. Like, and we're going to stay completely out of it. You just, you know, you tell us who to write the checks to. Yep.
1: Yeah. I mean, if they would try and meddle in that, Oh my God. Oh
2: God, that would be a disaster. Yes. Oh boy.
1: Yeah, that would be really bad. Uh, Yeah, Antoine Griezmann continues to talk that they might go after him, but not until the summer. Um,
2: well, I mean... Yeah, like, this is why I hate... Like, we, we've we talked about this before. Right? Yes. Like, we both love trans rumors and everything. I love the fact that there's just like, oh, literally what happened last week. Like, Diego Costa didn't train for a day. He must be on his way out. Yeah. But it's like, here's the... Like, Antoine Griezmann, like, why do we need to hear these rumors again? We've been hearing them since October. Like, yeah, United are probably going to go after him in the offseason. And fantastic, because we need to replace Rooney. You'd be a great replacement for Rooney. Um, look at the last, like, three strikers to leave Atletico Madrid. It was, like, Fernando Torres, Sergio Aguero, and
1: Diego Costa. Diego
2: Costa. You know, this is, Atletico Madrid is a team that literally craps out goalkeepers And strikers. So, yeah. Like, you lost out on Sergio Aguero. Why wouldn't you go after Antoine Griezmann? The guy's fantastic. Go spend all the money in the world for him. But this shouldn't be news right now. Like, he's not leaving in January.
1: Mm -hmm. No, that's that's true.
2: Why would he leave leave the Champions League where he's made two finals in the last three years to go compete in the Europa League?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. Speaking of goalkeepers... Popped up a report today that um, United might be after Gianluigi Donnarumma from AS Milan. Should Davideya leave the club for Real Madrid?
2: He's not leaving the club for Real Madrid.
1: Should he leave? He's them? not. That, they have this their is... eyes set on Donnarumma.
2: Okay, cool. Like, cool. First of all, don't take him because if you like, remember what happened with with Davidea. You know, he was 21 when he came to United. He wasn't ready yet. He didn't really grow into himself until he was 22, 23. Goalkeepers don't bloom until they're older.
1: What, you don't want a 17-year-old Italian in that?
2: I'd love, I mean, look, (laughs) dude. Dude, I played varsity goalie in high school when I was 18. Like, that level was challenging. Like, I don't want, no, I don't want a (laughs) 17-year-old in that. Yeah.
1: I don't know. I mean, he, again, he is by again, far again, the biggest. Real
2: Madrid were just, Z- Zidane was just, they just tried to mention this because Real Madrid just lost and, and Keylor Navas did not have the best game. And Zidane came out there and he said, why would, like, you know, it's not Keylor Navas' fault. Keylor Navas is a great goalkeeper. He goes, we won 40 in a row. Yeah. Like, you know, we, we, we went unbeaten in 40 games with with Keylor Navas in goal. And Davidea is one of the two best goalkeepers in the world. And at this point, United have him on, what, for the next four years? Yeah. So you have to pay every cent of that 50 million pounds that they're going to want for him.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I, I just think uh, Donnarumma is an extraordinary talent.
2: He's an extraordinary talent, but you know what I would do if I were United? If we lost Davidea and I would, I would hold out for, you know, 60 million on him Mm -hmm. because and and again I've been saying this all along and it it's totally true because at no point in the last year and a half since he signed that contract has he ever expressed any doubts over staying in Manchester has he ever expressed anything saying oh I'm not happy here the guy loves Manchester United he has no desire to leave the reason that it was an issue is because he has a girlfriend that lives in Madrid. She is a Spanish pop star, and she wants him to move to Madrid. Mm. He did not want to move.
1: So you get another girlfriend.
2: That's what I mean, dude. <laughs> the girl's five years older than him, and like for pop star, not the best looking pop star I've ever seen. So yeah, I was a proponent of that. But <laughs> think about it: if you're in this situation, what do you? Because remember. The whole thing was, while this whole transfer saga blew over all summer, David De Gea stayed quiet. Yep, He wouldn't sign a contract because, you know, how do you go back to your girlfriend and say, oh, honey, I signed a contract. Like, I'm going to stay at United for the next five years. You can't do that because she'll kill you. He didn't want to leave, though, so he didn't say, you know, he couldn't say that he left. So he just let the thing play out. Quietly. I'm still convinced that this is what happened. And then I'm convinced that United on purpose that, you know, United are blaming real Madrid for the fax machine scandal. Real Madrid are blaming Manchester United for it. I think United screwed up. I think United purposely just didn't fax in that stuff because they had the Trump card. They said, you're not going to play. They didn't play him for four games. And they said, you're not going to play unless you sign an, an extension and Vicente Del Bosque, Spain's manager said, "You're not going to be the number one goalkeeper at the Euros if you're not playing." All of a sudden, the transfer doesn't go through, he signs an extension immediately, he can go home and say, "Honey, like the transfer fell through and I just I had no choice." Yep. I you know, I think United got what they want and I think David de Gea got what they want. I think David de Gea played it perfectly because I think professionally and personally, he wanted to stay in Manchester. And I think, you know, his girlfriend obviously didn't. She was very vocal about that. How do you make everybody happy considering the fact that it's your girlfriend? He he played it the right way. Yeah, I don't think he's leaving anytime soon. But if he did, I would hold out for top dollar and then I'd throw all that money at Tottenham for Hugo Loris. And from there, you... Sign lawyers to a five-year contract. So, say you know next summer he'll be thirty. So you have him until he's thirty-five. And now you take this Italian kid when he's twenty-four.
1: Okay, there we go. Future planned out. Uh, one player that says he's happy to stay—that's Luke Shaw. There was some reports that he was one of the players that Manchester United were looking to offload, but his agent has come out and said that Love he's it. happy at the club. Love that.
2: Love the reports. Oh, let's offload the only left back we have. Yep, The only natural left back we have.
1: Yeah, so Luke Shaw, I don't think he's going anywhere.
2: He's not, and apparently he's set to get some more games. So yeah.
1: another uh, summer move might be uh, Bernardo Silva from uh, Monaco. But uh, he, he's... Can we do get...
2: Uh, Are we bringing the window off or not? Like, what's the deal here?
1: I honestly don't know. I haven't heard anything in a while, actually. Um, I mean, the last
2: I heard was the deal was back on, and it's clearly not.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, Other rumors is that they want Casper Tolberi from uh, Ajax, the Danish youngster. Um, So we'll see. There's a lot of uh, stuff happening, of course, and a lot of it is going to be not true. Right.
2: None of it's going to be true. It's January. None of it's true.
1: One thing, though, that I think could happen, and this is not the Premier League, but uh, Chinese club going after Arda Turan in Barcelona. Uh, Barcelona, they need some money. This is true.
2: Well, they don't need money, but... I mean, there's also rumors. There's rumors that City are willing to pay a hundred million for Messi.
1: Oof. Would you really pay a hundred million for Messi now? Like, how many good years does he have left? I know we're off often a big citanian here, but how many how many uh, years do you think he has left at being the best player in the world? Because that's he, irrelevant. He is turning thirty this year.
2: That's irrelevant. Yeah. How much? You know how much money you'll make? You know how yeah, fast you'll true. make yeah. that money back?
1: Yeah. That's
2: Every true. city fan in the world.
1: Oh, so you, like, would, also... you would get so many new city fans, too.
2: Well, yeah, and, and what's 60... I mean, at this point, what's 60,000 times however much it costs to buy a shirt? Yeah. yeah. All right, so they'll get some more new city fans. So, like, all right, what's 140,000 times whatever it costs to buy a shirt? Yeah.
1: No, that's true, I guess. Mm, uh, let's get back to the game, though. Um, but even
2: then, I yes. mean, like, my friend... Yeah, I know we're off on a My friend texted right. me yesterday in the group, like, um, in a group, and he was just like, it just, he goes, it just seems a little bit like uh, like Pep's lost it a bit. Like, I'm actually worried about Pep, even though this is the same friend that said my, my Pep theory was right on the money. Um, like, you know, he just doesn't know what to do anymore. So he's just like, I'm going to throw 100 million and get messy, and then people are going to, like, leave me alone. Yeah. And it's, it's just a little... It seems a little desperate coming a year into his... Less than a year into his reign.
1: Yeah. But, I, th- I mean... I don't know. I just don't see any point for Barcelona to sell him, really.
2: Well, the issue is, is that he's got a contract standoff. But... Yeah. I mean, here's the question. like Will England make him pay taxes? Because that could be a deciding factor.
1: <laughs> I guess they would want him to pay taxes. Oh,
2: then he probably won't come here.
1: Um, So yeah, uh, where were we? Stoke United, that's right. Um, United sitting in sixth place. They're two points behind City, four points behind Arsenal. So uh, definitely in the race there for fourth. In the race. In the race.
2: In the race.
1: Mm -hmm. Then we have Manchester City against Tottenham. This is a big test for this Pep. This is
2: going to be such a fun game to
1: watch. That is a big test for Pep. How will he cope with the tenacious pressing game of Spurs?
2: I mean, first, they, they will fancy
1: themselves in this one.
2: First of all, that's not even what it is. It's Spurs. First, Spurs laid the blueprint for how to beat City earlier this year. So, you could say, oh, okay, but Spurs were the home team and, you know, they were home, so they had that advantage going for them. Okay. Now it's at the Etihad. Well, I mean, okay, they, fine.
1: they play pretty much the same game, whether they're home or away.
2: Either, whether, yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some teams, it's like, you know, some teams will play better at home than away, yeah. you know, and some I mean, teams will, uh, even uh, if they play the same way.
1: As long as they don't play at Wembley, they're fine.
2: Yeah. Even if they play the same way. Uh, Interesting. Spurs may not actually play at Wembley at all next year.
1: Oh, has there been a – what's new in that story?
2: My friend was telling me yesterday, my friend's a big Spurs fan. He was telling me yesterday that apparently White Hart Lane is very ahead of schedule. Okay. And so Spurs have not confirmed they're going to be at Wembley yet. And uh, apparently White Hart Lane is very ahead of schedule and it could be finished like as soon as September of next year. And they're, they may, if that's possible, they may just like apply to play like their first five matches on the road and, and then move into wider way in September.
1: Huh. Ahead of ske- a, something getting built ahead of schedule. Never heard of that.
2: Yeah, it's weird. They must, they must, <laughs> they yeah. must be paying a lot of overtime or something.
1: What is up with that? They brought in like a whole legion of poles or something.
2: Maybe, I mean, maybe, I don't know. I'm not going to go there, but let's look at uh, Man City when they first met. When they met Spurs, Spurs had won one, two, three, they had won three in a row. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they laid the blueprint down for how to beat City. And then after that, that's when they went on their bad run of form. They they drew four in a row, then they beat West Ham, lost, beat Swansea, lost United, and then since then they haven't lost. And they've been fantastic. City are a much different side, and to your point uh, about Spurs play the same way at home as they do away from home, uh, which I think helps them because White Hart Lane is like a, a smaller pitch that they are able, you know, it playing on the on a bigger or a smaller pitch doesn't hurt them as much. Mm-hmm. Um, City suck at home.
1: I and mean, you're you're being a little. I mean, for a have,
2: top for a top five club, they're pretty bad at all.
1: They have six wins, three draws, and one loss.
2: That's not good.
1: It's not great, but it's not horrible.
2: No, no no, but for a top five club. Yeah. For a club that's expected to like compete for the Champions League, you're supposed to win all your home games. And, you know, whether you make the Champions League or not is due to is due to what you get done on the road.
1: Yeah. I still I mean, I said this last episode too, but Burnley, third best home record, I love right. it. I love it.
2: So the question is, is will Pep adapt? Because Tottenham know how to beat Pep's city. Mm -hmm. And we know that Pep kind of just goes out there and says, No, we're gonna play my way. Yeah. And that's what's gonna be interesting about this game.
1: (laughs) And then they lose and then he's like, Oh, we created a lot of chances, we did, you know we just need to score more goals than the other team.
2: I understand why my team didn't tackle because I don't teach tackling.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a highly interesting game. Should uh, City lose this one and United, meanwhile, beat Stoke, United would overtake City and it would be a joyous day.
2: But again, all I care about is the Manchester clubs winning in Europe and finishing fifth and sixth and knocking out that fourth place team. That's Mm -hmm. what I want to happen. And I I haven't decided if I want Spurs to finish fourth or if I want Arsenal to finish fourth. I think it would be amazing if Arsene Wenger pulls another fourth place out of his ass and goes, hey, I finished fourth again, and they strip it away from him. But also I could see Spurs just mailing in the Europa League and me being like, well, you should be punished for that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I think, and we've spoken about this before too, though, Chelsea and Liverpool not playing in the European Cups. It is helping them. That's something that Sloton said after the game too, against Liverpool. He said, "Well, yeah, I mean they play once a week. It, of course, that helps them." So I think we'll see ever or Everton, uh, Liverpool and Chelsea finishing. I mean Chelsea won Liverpool too, unless Liverpool just falls out defensively. I mean they have shipped. A lot of goals. Right. But they also are the most highest scoring team in the league. So we'll see how that all plays out. Uh, next game up on the agenda, that's Southampton playing at home against Leicester. Speaking of bad teams on the road, Leicester, yeah. I mean, three points and they're all been draws. So they still are without an away win this season in 10 games. yeah and like we said previous episode too they're without Riyad Mahrez and Islam Slimani and Daniel Amarte Were all away in the African Cup of Nations they lost handedly to Chelsea last game before that they had a scoreless draw on the road against Middlesbrough they barely beat West Ham and won nothing and now they're going to Southampton who, I mean, yeah, they're in poor form. They have four straight losses. But at the same time... But they
2: have a 1-0 lead in the League Cup. Yeah. And that match looms next week.
1: Ah, so you think that you might actually rest some players? It's a trophy, man. Yeah. And look, Southampton's not getting relegated. No.
2: And their model... Their model is we produce players, we're going to get insane transfer fees, and then we're going to produce more players. And as long as we stay in the Premier League. Like, to Southampton, 15th is the same as
1: 7th. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I think they did enjoy being in the Europa League.
2: I think they did, but they never really competed in it. Yeah. Uh, You know, like last year, they got knocked out in qualifying by Michelin. Also, they've lost four in a row. Spurs. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: West Brom at home. 2 1. Game could have gone either way. Yeah. Away to Everton. Everton have been formidable at home.
1: Yeah.
2: Away to Burnley. Burnley have been awesome. fantastic at home. Yep. So it's different. And again, like they they're not easy to beat at St. Mary's. Before Spurs, uh before Spurs, they they hadn't con- uh, they the only goals they can see at home were to Chelsea and I guess Burnley, which is sad. But that was in October. <laughs> yeah, that was in October. They conceded a one to Burnley, and you know, like since in September they didn't concede goals at home. Now you're playing Leicester without Mares, without Filmani,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and Leicester who can't win away from home. It's a winnable game.
1: Yeah. Uh, Claude Puel has come out and said that there's been several inquiries into uh, uh, Jose Fonte. Yeah, and, no, no, uh, no kidding. He might actually get sold. I know that they don't like selling players during the January transfer window, but they um, they might actually sell him. Because he, let's see, he has 18 months left on his contract, and he has not. Uh, they've sort of, let's see, what the the word they use here, squabbled with the club over a potential extension. He's old, but he's good. I mean, been...
2: yeah, and I mean, Jose Mourinho wanted them earlier this year. Yeah, but they're gonna make their money on Van Dijk, van, uh, Virgil Van 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 Dijk.
1: Van Dijk.
2: But again, you know what? You know what the funny thing is? Southampton have made so much money on the player that plays next to Jose Fond. Which is, I mean, in Toby Alderworld's case, worth it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Dejan Laverne? Maybe?
1: Laverne, Probably not. No. No.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, that's their, that's kind of like it. it yeah, like somebody should swoop in and buy the guy because he's making his teammates better. Yeah. And and maybe that's the case with Van Dijk also. It, it you know, like sometimes that's the case where it's like one player makes the other one better. Now, obviously like I remember the team that I always reference, the mid 2000s United team is people used to argue like you know, Real Ferdinand makes the Man Vidic look really well, really good. And then the next year they'd be like, "Oh, Vidic is Actually bailing out Fernand at all times, so I guess that's a the right partnership. But it's hard to argue when you know Southampton makes so much money off the guy that plays next to Jose
1: Font. Yeah, yeah, we'll see how they do here against Leicester. I mean, it's it's
2: it's, it's all uh, here's the best example. It's how good John Brooks was for the United States in the Copa America and how lost he looks. When he plays for them, and Jeff Cameron's out injured.
1: Hmm. Mm. Yep.
2: She's making a bunch of grunting noises now.
1: Mm. Now other news things, though, real quick. Uh, Dimitri Payet back in training with West Ham, although with the under twenty-three squad, and uh, Mikel Antonio, who's had a good season although West Ham has been struggling. Mm. He's had a good season.
2: Uh, Statistically, yes. Yes. But have you heard his name in the past five weeks? No. No. He had a great start.
1: Um, Reports are that he'll sign a new five-year deal and, uh, yeah, earn a bunch of money. And, okay so we gotta take a look at this one um, we'll move on to Arsenal Burnley and reports coming out that Chelsea wants to snag Alexis Sanchez
2: go for it bro hand' signing put that pressure on
1: I mean that would be that would be a tough one to swallow for this Gunners fans.
2: Yeah, but like, I mean, did you not like, I mean, Seth Fabregas plays for Chelsea.
1: Yeah. They, I think they hated that too.
2: Robin Van Persie went to United.
1: Yeah. They hated that.
2: You bring it upon yourselves. God, they've lost a lot of good players. They've lost a lot of good players. And it's funny because, um, my friend and I who are an Ar- he's an Arsenal fan. We were talking cuz I have a couple friends that are Arsenal fans. One of them just hates the FA Cup. He despises it. And it's it's ridiculous. The other one under like he understands it and he he know he appreciates it. He pushes for it. He says we need to compete in it. And I was just on, you know, this guy he hates the FA Cup and I was like, "Does he not understand it? if you would have just won one FA Cup between 20 uh, between 2008 and 2012. If that was the only thing you won in those years, just one FA Cup, Robin van Persie never goes to Manchester United. You know, like between 2010 and 2012, Arsenal had all these people leave because they just said, "I don't think we're we're trying to compete for trophies. I think we're just trying to make the Champions League and you know collect that money." And yes, Arsenal have had a lot of good players lose, and then they finally. Started to buy players and you know spend money on Ozil and Sanchez, but at this point, it's first of all, Sanchez isn't getting the money he wants from Arsenal, and I think the the manager thing is still looming. Yeah, you have to commit to Wenger, you, or don't commit to Wenger, and if you're not going to commit to Wenger, then you better pony up an extra hundred grand a week, really, for Sanchez and Ozil to keep them here
1: yeah i mean it's uh it's a weird situation i i definitely they they have a tendency to sort of underpay their star players they do they yeah
2: it they're like yeah there's really no other way to say it it's odd
1: yeah mm-hmm.
2: you know like if you wanna be a big club and play with the big boys you gotta act like the big boys now it's it, i Look, I understand. It's hard. You don't have the oil money that Manchester City and Chelsea have. You don't have the commercial success that, uh, that Manchester United have. But you have to remember that when the Premier League really started to take off internationally, it was you and United. So you do have the global support. Like yeah. there is global support out there. You are one of the big boys. You, you really just have to act like act like it.
1: Mm-hmm. Um. I know we spoke a little bit before about city and, you know, Claudio Bravo, as we've mentioned in previous shows, not very Slums. good. Yeah. Um. There are some reports uh, from Mundo Deportivo that city are discussing to, uh, bring Jeremy Jeronimo Rulli or Rui I guess would be the yeah he's Argentine so Rui Um, so they might bring him in I don't know why you don't just call back Joe Hart but whatever
2: I can't I can't believe any of those reports Because there's just no way that um, there is no way that Pep Guardiola would admit he's wrong like that. Well, there's I, an
1: ego on that man. Yeah, I mean, bringing a goalkeeper in January. Of, I don't know. There's an ego on
2: that man, the same way that there's an ego on Jose Mourinho. You know, like you, he's not going to admit that he was wrong about this. Yeah.
1: We should say, too, that Swansea actually did two signings yesterday. They uh, brought in Tom Carroll. Oh, I said this the other day.
2: Like, you know, like because the other day Mauricio Pochettino came out and said that the Tom Carroll rumors, that the Tom Carroll to Swansea rumors were just rumors. And I was like, that's a big win for Tom Carroll because, like, I forgot that he existed.
1: Yep. Nope. You Tom Carroll.
2: He used to be the guy that, like, for some reason, just ended up on the field all the time yeah. for Tottenham. So, like, I was like, that's a big win for Tom Carroll. Like, it reminds people that you exist. And guess what? Now he's going to
1: Swansea. Yep. So they signed Tom Carroll, and they also signed um, Swedish international left back slash winger Martin Olsen from Norwich. Probably Brady
2: reportedly could be on the move, too.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's a good player.
2: He is. I mean, dude, like the guy did very well in the Euros. Give him a shot, somebody.
1: Yep. Well, uh, Arsenal, like we said, they're going up against Burnley. Burnley, they are the worst away side in the league. Yeah. Yeah, One Arsenal point in this game.
2: <laughs> One this
1: game. Single point. I mean, it would be magical if they took their first away win at the Emirates. They won't. They won't. But it would be awesome. It but would they be won't. awesome. Let's head into our predictions. Uh, as brought El- to you by
2: Venmo, as always. Venmo me at PaulieQuestel Dash Questel.
1: <laughs> as so Elliot is my
2: expensive gambling habit.
1: Yeah. As Elliot is in the jungle, hopefully he'll get his predictions in before the weekend starts. Um, but we'll give ours here, and then he'll have to do his later. Liverpool, Swansea, first up. You said 4 nothing.
2: Uh Yes. Yeah, that's confirmed.
1: I'll stick with just 3. So 3 nothing. I think Swansea are going to Park the bus all they can, and they will only allow three goals. Oh. Then we got Bournemouth against Watford. Uh, Watford really, you know, starting to drop off here. They're down in 14th. They haven't won a game in ages. Uh, they have three losses, two draws in the last five. Last game was a scoreless draw at home against Middlesbrough. Bournemouth sitting in eleventh place. They only have one win in their last five. What's your bucks. goddamn pick? Like, I mean... uh Bournemouth won nothing.
2: Yeah, I hate you. That's my pick.
1: <laughs> Congratulations, Watford on the win. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Crystal Palace, another team that's struggling, taking on Everton. How are Everton been on the road this season? Not great. They're ninth. Three wins, two draws, and five losses. They, Yeah, I mean, they have two good wins in the, you know, bag here, but they were both at home. Ah, they'll still beat Crystal Palace. Or, Mm. do you think they'll be hungover after getting such a good win over City?
2: I'm not telling you right now.
1: Nah, they'll win. Two-nothing.
2: I say one more thing.
1: I'm afraid, though, that it's sort of a trap game.
2: It's a little bit of a trap game, but, like, if you can't fight off a hangover at, after six days, like, I don't I don't care how old you are. A six-day hangover, you may as well die.
1: <laughs> you might as well die, okay. Then, Middlesbrough, they're taking on West Ham. I mean, I would assume that Pae isn't playing. He's probably going to... Keep striking. Um, this is a draw, though. This is 1-1. One, one. Uh,
2: let me see. Let me see. West Hammer. I'll go 2-1. West Ham away from home.
1: Because why not? Mm-hmm. Then we got Stout against Manchester United at the Vets 365 Arena Globe, formerly known as Britannia Stadium. Yeah, it's it's the Britannia. I know. I know. Brand loyal. I know, I know. Uh, uh, I hate this game. <laughs> I hate this game every year. <laughs> I hate this game. I really do. And now that Arnautovic scored twice last week, that actually has me a little bit worried. Uh, but I'm going to say that they still pull it out. United 2-1. It's not going to be pretty. I'm going to go
2: 1-0. But yeah, it's not. It's it, not going to be pretty. You know what I th- I think I feel like we win this game every year. I feel like we lost the like we drew the first time that it happened, but I feel like we win like every year
1: yeah. probably drew it last year probably I'm you'll have to look that up, but um yeah it's not gonna be pretty, that's for sure
2: hold on, hold on, hold on
1: yes uh, results total. Trying to read these. Yeah, that's fine. We should say that United have the fifth best away record. They have six wins. Oh,
2: Stoke beat us on Boxing Day 2 0 last year, but that was Van Gaal's awful team. Oh, that goes back to 1937.
1: What happened in 1937?
2: They beat us 3 0. Okay. Well, Uh, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. 2015, January 1st, also Van Gogh, 1 1 draw. Mm. Uh, um, December 2nd of 2015 so the following season like no that doesn't make sense because <laughs> we played them on boxing day whatever we beat them at home 2-1 alright okay. let's look at the ones at, all right, February 1st 2013-2014 they beat us alright so it's fair to say we don't beat them every time
1: yeah yeah Stoke have the 13th best home record with 4 wins 3 draws 3 losses 13-13.
2: I'm really just thinking of that game where Chicharito scored twice.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Off yeah. that
2: backwards header.
1: He's been having a rough season in Germany, hasn't he? Maybe. Maybe. <gasps> mm. uh, West Bromwich, they take on Sunderland. Sunderland, poor form. West Brom, they're decent. They're good at home.
2: I know it's I'm cool. going... Uh, Elliot rules.
1: Elliot rules. One 0 no. I'll give them I'll give them three one. All righty. Yeah, fireworks. Absolute fireworks. Then we got the big game there, uh, late, or you know afternoon game, Manchester City Tottenham how you going on it i'm going 3-1 spurs and cuz we saw what everton did i'm going to
2: just re- run back same score 2-0
1: yeah i mean we saw we saw what everton did against oh no against i don't them, want
2: everybody so. to pick tottenham no
1: yeah they will oh, congrats mm. southampton Leicester. I, I don't see Leicester winning. Um, is it a nah, draw? I'm, nah. I'm going
2: go two no. Two no
1: to go 2-0. 2-0 to the Saints. Okay, I'll go 2-1 then. Just there you be go. A, be a little bit different. Arsenal, Burnley. Burnley suck away from home. We know that. Arsenal, they're decent. Um, no, they're actually pretty good. 3 nothing.
2: i go 4. I'll stay. i was thinking I'm going 5, but I'll go 4.
1: Yeah. Well, you know where I'll go five. Yeah, I was Chelsea just level. gonna say that. Where you can go five is Chelsea taking on Hull at home. I'll go five. God damn it! Oh, um, I'll have to go four then because I gotta be different. <laughs> I gotta be different. I need to somehow make up the points. We should say that Ellie is in is in top one forty eight. You are in second with one forty, and I'm in third with one thirty three. So, uh, yep. That's it for this episode. Final thoughts real quick. Uh, Yannick, yeah. Yannick oh Bolasé is a very decent man. The Everton midfielder helped save his old club, Hillingdon Borough. It's a non-league side. Um, they were having some troubles. They were about to pull out from the Spartan South Midlands Division One. Uh, but Blasi stepped in and helped the club from folding. So.
2: Uh, Deadspin today. Okay. Uh, Tim Howard did an interview with USA Today, and Deadspin tried to turn one comment into something that it completely wasn't. When Howard said, when Howard talked about dual nationals with the U.S. team and under Quinnsman that they brought in a lot of them, Deadspin mm-hmm. tried to make him sound like Abby Wambach and Landon Donovan. That, and he said, you know, some players lack. Um, as much passion as others, and it's that's not. He's not talking about dual nationals. He's he's talking about there are players. Yeah, some of them might be dual nationals, and some of them are American-born players. Uh, he's not targeting anybody. He actually had a whole chapter in his book about this, about how you know he he did realize that some of these players didn't grow up in America, and that you know they needed. A certain attachment to the land but these players are every much a part of our country as everything else um and again the funny thing that i find about this is that there there's always going to be people that are yelling about the dual nationals on the team and and how much they care and the funny thing is is those are the same people that are saying the u.s needs to cap tie cameron carter vickers as soon as possible as if like, just because he plays for the, US, for the U.S. youth teams that all of a sudden negates the fact that he grew up in England and mm-hmm. not in America.
1: Yeah. Yep, that's true. With that, we'll say goodbye. As always, follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren Peak P. Cristel, WFAN. Elliot is Keats was better, and Fanreg Sports. Give them a follow as well, and we'll talk to you again after the weekend. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.